This week's episode of The Reverse Stick is brought to you by Backers, rugs and plugs of distinction. This week on The Reverse Stick, South Africa qualify, but will they both be at the Olympics? The Skittles start to fall at the Euros, and testing times in Tokyo. A-plus apparently they got And welcome to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. I'm one co-host, my name's John Lee, the other co-host is... Matt Allen, that's me, and welcome to episode 108 of the weekly global hockey podcast. How are you going? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, good hockey week? Uh, just an immense, huge hockey week. We're drawing to the end of our season, as you know. Um, but we're also, as you know, today we've been been playing on our brand new turf at our new club facilities, and uh, yeah, just trying to get people for for volunteering for Happen Adam finals at two different venues. Um, still organising the teams to to play the final round and, and trying to talk get, people who qualified into paying their fees so they can play in finals. Yeah, there's a, that's another one. Yeah, that's been a big one this week trying to chase up the money. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty full on. So. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of personal hockey stuff this week, uh, <laughs> rather than have my eye on the on the more global side of things. A- apart from a, a few snippets from the tournaments that are popping up on social media, so busy, busy, busy. And of course, we took the field again last weekend, didn't we? You couldn't we play the Saturday this, game, yeah. and we went down to Rocco and had a had a had a game together. Nice win. It was a good win. And I must admit, I created history this morning at Walking Hockey. Oh, did you? Yep. Uh, the very first. Hockey 1, Hockey 2, Hockey 3, Bully on the new Lakelands Ah, That's right, with Alan Chesney. Me and Al Chesney out there. We had a proper bully, so it's been christened. It was great to see. Uh, (laughs) But I've got to say, have you seen the emoji, the walking emoji, which is like quite sort of slack? Um, It's, you know, sort of knees out and and back upright. Yeah, there, it's yeah, not just a photo of me, is it? Well, it was you on the field today. It's walking hockey, yeah, mate. Yeah, but it's it's not stand still and put the stick behind your back and let people run through on goal, walk through on goal. We're every trying time to hockey. encourage people who are new to the game, mate. You and you I look, don't think me tackling them would encourage them to continue. Well, I, to be honest, I thought it was a weak performance on on your behalf. But wasn't it great to play walking hockey down on there? <laughs> oh, it was fun. It was good. And of course, Mrs. Lee has picked up uh, walking hockey the past two weeks. What's what's her feedback on? On, as a new as a newbie to the sport, <laughs> she really loves it. Yeah, she thinks it's fun and she's enjoyed it, and uh, everybody's really helpful. Although she was getting a little bit, she, of got, a, she got a dressing down today, didn't she? Like, she was getting a little bit of advice, and she thought, no, "I don't know if this is right. I'm going to go onto the other side of the field now." But when the advice is coming from a former Australian <laughs> coach captain Laurie Packham, you, you pay heed to it. When you know you that it's a former <laughs> Australian captain coach, Laurie Packham, you probably would. When it's just a silver old head lady on the sideline <laughs> flying the whistle, you tend to go, oh, what? I don't know, I don't know. What no, did I do wrong? It, was, it was too much information for Debbie's uninitiated ears at that point. Yep. But she loved it. That was all good. And you just mentioned Alan Chesney. A big shout out to Alan because he's now taking the walk in hockey group. Uh, two days before our regular on the Tuesdays taking those that want to improve their skills and that are new to the game they're having a separate day well incredible good on Alan because at the beginning of the season I said oh we've got an over 60s team Alan I tried to get him for the Frio over 60s team and he oh no my days are over I'm not playing anymore blah 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 fair enough that's that's all good Um, and now a few months later, after what one or two sessions of walking hockey, now he's coaching walking hockey. Incredible! Yeah, he's he's, earned, he's earned himself a job there. He has. Uh, but yeah, so oh, busy, we better get busy, on with busy, the busy. show. Let's go, mate. We've got results galore to get through, and some very interesting results indeed. News. Okay, let's start with some of the what we might call minor tournaments, Matt. Not that they're necessarily minor; they're just not the big tournament going on at the moment. So, what are you doing the Euros first? <laughs> Let's start with Ready Steady Tokyo Hockey, both for men and women. It is a test event for the um, Olympics coming up. And no ranking points. Isn't there? No. Nope. Nothing. Just uh, come along and have a few games of hockey and let's see how the venue goes. And uh, as we mentioned in the introduction, it passed pretty well from all reports. It's a lovely stadium. The, the turf's pretty good and everybody seemed to enjoy the facilities there. So... um 
Hopefully it'll be packed full of fans and look fantastic on television. I've got a quote from friend of the show, Tammy Stanley, yep. uh, off the FIH website. It's not only been a great tournament with eight fantastic teams, but also a perfect opportunity to test the pre-tournament and match protocols and to see what setup will be in place for the technical team at Tokyo 2020. Shot clock. So, well, let's hope there's a <laughs> shot clock. There's got to be a shot clock. There's got to be. Let's have a look at some of the results from that event, shall we? Uh, for the men of Four Nation round or robin tournament, or oh, it wasn't round robin, they had finals. Um, India finished on top after beating New Zealand in the final, 5-0. Quite a handy victory there for the Indian men. Um, and they had a couple of big, those 6-0 against Malaysia. Um, so they'd be feeling in fine form at the moment. Uh, as I said, they beat New Zealand in the, the final. Japan and Malaysia played off for third and fourth, and it was Japan who got up 6-1 over Malaysia, which was a bit disappointing. There's some there big scores Malaysians. in there, but Malaysia started out well in, in the tournament as well, didn't they? It's, like, it's, it's very topsy-turvy. No, they lost 6-0 to India. Oh, well, that was the first game, was it? Uh, they, um, no, they had some reasonable results recently, didn't they, against Germany, I think, in, um, when they were over in Europe. Uh, uh, the Indian team, there was some talk before they went that it was very much looked like an experimental team. Uh-huh. And they've gone through and they've beaten a couple of... You know, New Zealand's been in the Pro League recently. Yep. I would imagine New Zealand, with the Oceania Cup coming up, wasn't sending an experimental team. No. Uh, so some interesting results there on the men's side of things. For the win- women, uh, India doubled up, winning the final against Japan. A far closer game this one, though. 2-1 was the final score at the north pitch, because there is a south pitch there. Two pitches, yep. which would be great. Um, and China took on Australia in the third, fourth game. Uh, 3-1 victory to Australia there. That's Hockey Roo's first win of the tournament. Yeah, well, they lost yeah. to China previously in the in the tournament, 3-2. So it was good for them to come back and um, beat them later on once they got a few bit of a, a run under their belt. Two all draw with Japan there as well. So India finishing top there, Japan second, Australia third and China fourth. So it's all looking good for the Tokyo Olympics hockey venue. And uh, well, they, and they were, of course, they were on, on the new Polytan uh, GT Tokyo pitch there and we'll hopefully have somebody from Polytan coming up in the next couple of weeks for a chat. It'll be very interesting talking about turfs because there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, the African ho- Road to Hockey wound up last weekend first up for women the tournament played in Stellenbosch and as many suggest, uh, many figured South Africa were going to come out on top in that particular competition they beat Ghana in the final six goals to nil uh, it wasn't a final. It was a final round robin game. Yeah. No both, finals both, there. That's right. Both the men and yeah. the women. It was. It was all going to always going to come down to that game in the in the women's, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. And and uh, Egypt, South Africa in the men men side of thing. Yeah. South Africa finishing first. Ghana in second place. Zimbabwe, Kenya, and Namibia rounding out the standings there for the women. So South African women qualify for the Olympic Games. We'll chat more about that in just a second. Where's that other little? piece of paper I had. There's the para hockey stuff we'll get to into a second. Don't tell me I threw it on the ground. Oh no, here it is. The men, Africa Road to Hockey. And that tournament once again, the round robin, which uh, essentially the final game was uh, a grand final. South Africa playing Egypt and South Africa getting up 3-2 there. Egypt aren't far away, you wouldn't think. Uh, but unfortunately not close enough in this instance. South Africa finishing first, Egypt second, Ghana third, Zimbabwe fourth, Kenya fifth and Namibia sixth place there. South Africa once again taking both African continent uh, yep, championships and, and at the Olympic and Games. The, and the right to represent at the Olympic Games. Now that's that's right. There's obviously been a bit of history with South Africa qualifying for Olympic Games and then not getting the funding or not being allowed to go by their governing sporting bodies. Yeah. Seems there's at least a little bit of good news this time around. It, it appears the men have been given the go-ahead. Yeah, the, and maybe it was all to do with Kieran Gubber's tweet that seemed to gather a lot of, <laughs> a lot of ground. Uh, so, you know, let him go. Um, yeah, so the announcement, I believe, has been made that, that the men will go, but not yet. On the women. No. Now, um, wouldn't it be equally amazing if they were both made to go? Equally amazing, John, indeed. It yeah. would be. So uh, this is could be a, a big test for the wider hockey world and what our stance might happen to be on it. That's for sure. Especially now the men have been given the go-ahead. Yeah, it would have to happen, surely. You'd think so. Yeah. South African government, pay attention. 
Well, we'll send Tyra around to knock on their door. I think Tyra's probably exasperated enough. With <laughs> He'd be doing some heavy door knocking on uh, you. Some so. super coverage from Hockey 24-7 and Tyra and Jabu Barnard. Check yep. it out, hockey uh, hockey24.7.co.za. And uh, the, the power of whinging on a podcast. Guess what turned up on the, the finals? Of That's the, right. There was some commentary. There was some commentary. Good work. It meant Tyron didn't have to go down and stand next to the camera or climb up that big ladder. <laughs> yeah, well, That's probably where the microphone was. Yeah, there was a bit of moisture sort of on the camera every now and again, and then a comment would come up from somebody representing Shoot, who, who broadcast the event using their um, ball-tracking technology um, cameraman-less cameras. Uh, but, yeah, somebody had to get up the ladder and give the screen a bit of a wipe. Now, I like the idea of their technology. I like the idea of what they're trying to do, and I think it, it's good. I'm, I led to believe that it was actually developed for training purposes yeah. not so much game purposes but there's obviously some work to do with it there was a great scene I think it was Ghana played Zimbabwe in the men's side of things and uh, was it Zimbabwe anyway it doesn't matter and the two teams were lined up singing their national anthems with the, the um, officials in the middle and uh-huh. the camera was dead smack bang on the middle perfect shot of two uh-huh. teams lined up there and it's all very still and then in the, in the corner, you could just see this little bird fluttered in <laughs> to the side of the screen. Immediately, the camera went onto the bird as it flew across the team standing there singing that. Oh, it was lovely. So obviously, they've, they've got a bit of work to do, but I think there could be some merit in further in, uh, enhancements for that idea. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think the future has to be, and we've mentioned it before, something similar to that setup, but maybe with four cameras or six cameras permanently placed around a, a field um, and then some it's about mixing that vision somewhere and sort of deliver, delivering yeah. a package but uh, yeah if you could get the AI sorted on that that it was just all automatically delivered the different angles the different cameras when they're necessary a zoom if required um, then imagine yeah. writing that code yeah, no thanks. Not yeah, that's, that's going to be a hefty job. Good luck to them. Okay, let's move on, shall we, Matt, on to some other results because, well, I want to hold one of these results back because we're going to be talking to someone a little bit later about the Euro Para Hockey Championships. Are fingers, we not? fingers crossed, as long as we can get them up early enough. Okay. We're recording Friday afternoon our time. We've got to speak to somebody in the UK, so we might be interrupting breakfast, but uh, we'll try, you'll, we'll you'll, fi- you'll find out soon. They will. Now, I've got... Two results here. Um, once again, I'm fantastically organised this morning after my trying walking efforts. Uh, Euro Para Hockey Championship has been going on in Brussels from the 19th through the 21st of August. It's been uh, quite a lot of stuff on the social media about it. It's been fantastic coverage as much as it could be. And uh, what a great tournament. Final standings. After a thrilling final between Italy and Portugal, it was Italy who took out the title 3-0 after 2-0 lead at half-time. I'm assuming it's half-time. I wonder what the quarter-time scores were. Anyway, that's another (laughs) subject. Netherlands took on uh, Germany in the third versus fourth place game, and that was a 4-0 victory to the Netherlands after leading just 1-0 at half-time. So Italy finishing on top of the Euro Para Hockey Championships. Well done to Italy. And there is another one here. I'm going to find it on my puzzle paper. The challenge as well? There is a challenge, and I believe I've thrown it on the ground down here somewhere with all these other results that... I say I'm pretty sure assiduously Eng- researched before I think it was the program. England, England silver, I think I can tell you that, and perhaps a, an Irish bronze in that, just off from from memory. English silver and Irish bronze. Yes, yeah. I've got the the big boy Euro stuff, but uh, yes, it will be. We could go to the International Hockey Federation's very good TMS system, Matt. You just go to ch. It has the uh, the games listed there, and I can click on the. Euro Para Hockey Test Matches, the Trophy and Challenges page, and it'll come up and tell me all about it. Uh, contested between Belgium, Spain, France, England and Ireland, which were, in fact, the final standings after the final... Oh, it was a round-robin tournament. There you go. Um, yeah, well done to Belgium. Well done to uh, all of the countries just, taking yeah, well part there. everyone for getting involved and in in delivering a, an, another layer for our great game. I did catch some of the highlights of it and some of the, the vision that was going along with what they were what they were doing there uh-huh. it's great stuff to see um, well hopefully more on that coming up there will be uh, other things coming up in the next few days weeks um, there's a 
AHF, the Asian Hockey Federation, Men's Central Asia Cup. It's the Stan Cup, I'm, I'm going to call it, because it's uh, taking part in Kazakhstan. And how do you pronounce that? Toldy Korgan? Toldy Korgan. Hey, Toldy Korgan. Oh, it's uh, got a lot of... It's got a lot of... Um, so Pakistan are, are in that one, are they, John? No, but all the other stans are. Um, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Kazakhstan, Afghanistan and Oman. So five teams competing there at the uh, Central Asia Stand Cup. Oh, man. No, Pakistan. Where are they going to get their ranking points it's if they're be, not playing? It's going to be a struggle for those qualifiers. Yeah. Maybe they'll get special dispensationary um, rankings points for paying part of the fine. Oh, the first part of the fine has been paid, hasn't it? Yeah, first yep. part. Oh, good on them. They're, yep. they're trying to get the house in order. And we're still trying to get someone on from the Pakistan Hockey Federation at yep. some stage, aren't we? I've sent the WhatsApp message, mate. It just uh, it hasn't been read yet. Yeah, okay. well, <laughs> the pigeon's still getting there. No, it's, um, we really would like to do some more about Pakistan Hockey. It's coming uh, up, mate. Don't worry. I don't know. Did you see any of that footage that came up on Facebook last week? It was shared of the Asanda tournament that was played here in Perth. Yes, I did. Did we yeah. talk about that before? Uh, maybe we did. And, uh, that featured Pakistan. Yeah. We're talking to a couple of guys today at Walking Hockey who were there at the tournament and they were saying, oh, it was, it was obvious from the beginning of that tournament that Pakistan were going to be, were going to win it. They were just such an outrageously better team than yeah. everybody yeah. else at the tournament. And some of that footage of watching them. I want, I want the, I want the footage of when the, the, um, the water bucket was thrown over the FIH president's head. That was only a couple of years before that, wasn't it? Uh, oh, did yeah. that happen? If, you, if you've got a link for that, send that through. That'd be good to, good <laughs> to see. <laughs> if you want to see a bit more of that, do you? Okay, um, so that's all going on there at the Central Asia Cup. We've also got, if I have to go back to home now on the FIH oh, TMS, so I'll click. Uh, well, it is on our good old fashioned slow mo Australian internet. Upcoming, we've got the Central Asia Cup, the Oceania Cup happening for um, Australia and New Zealand. Uh, place in the Olympics up for up for shot. It is indeed three tests. They're going to play each other, men and women. And um, at the end of it, we'll we'll know who's going to the Olympics and uh, from Oceania. Because everybody's on the edge of their seat with this one. I, I drove past Perth Hockey Stadium the other morning. I was out early, early again. Yeah, and, always for training. And I think it was the first day back from the train. I, I I did it last time. I was I'll just go and have a look. And it was the first time they'd been back in there for sort of five, six weeks. Anyway. There would have been about 30 blokes on the field. They had all sorts of different apparatus and blocking stuff and cones, and it, it was uh, a very lively session. Yeah, good on them. Um, yes, that's happening the 5th to 8th of September. 4th to the 8th of September is the Oceania Intercontinental Hockey Fives, that's Matt. Right, that's right. It's in the what a capital. format Hockey Fives is. Um, and a, but that's a, a good opportunity for some of the Pacific Island nations to get together and uh, play some hockey. It's Papua New Guinea, Tonga and the Solomon Islands for both men and women going on there. We've also got going on um, some test matches. Great Britain is taking on India in the women's side of things from the 1st to the 4th at Marlow. Uh, the number of games still to be confirmed. And then we get to the 2019 Sultan of Johor Cup. Uh, 12th to the 19th of October. That's uh, a little while away now, just after the uh, oh, the Masters. Mate, we've just got to get our get our own club finals out of the way first before we start thinking that far ahead. Yep. Now the top of the table finish. But if we have a win this weekend, we'll finish top as well. And I'm I'm hoping we can try and get a home final on the new turf. That'd be nice. Oh, that'd be very good. <laughs> You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, and we're hoping to have a featured interview very shortly for you. Won't talk too much about it now. Oh, we've got a couple of other things we'd like to talk about, don't we, Matt? Well, we probably want to do the Euro results, don't we? Oh, yeah. Be a good idea. Is that a big tournament happening at the moment? Yeah, I think oh. I think there's a few people interested in that. Although we don't have to go too much into depth because it is being very, very well covered by the European Hockey Federation. Get onto the social and Facebook. Others. Oh yeah, yeah, super stuff. Hockey World News has got. I'm getting the daily news. Yeah, uh, hockey papers. Because like stuff. the two overnight games, I'm tucked up in bed. But you know, by the time that they they get underway, so it's been good to wake up in the morning and bang, read the Hockey World News. Um, mail out and, and know what's going on there but lots of coverage lots of the the people that we follow across Europe on social media are, are posting and writing articles it's really great to see and of course there's the uh, Studio Hockey Daily Euro yep. Euro Hockey podcast which is out so check which that out which is great stuff 
well done, Ernst, because it's a it's a big job doing that. It is, and like look, great well and great great to have somebody local there on the ground uh, catching up with a wide range of international players. Yep, and covering the event, Euro Hockey Championship for men. Now, what do you make of this tournament so far? It's been intriguing because a lot of hopes and aspirations rest on this particular tournament. Now, um, two pools. The top four would go through to play a final series and the bottom four go through to... Pool C. Pool C, yeah. which is a sort of relegation pool, for want of right. a better term. So uh, after the uh, the pool rounds in Pool A, we had Belgium on top with three wins from their three games, uh, a handy 13 goals for and none against. Spain came in second in that particular pool. Uh, one win and a draw and a loss. Um, so that gave them four points. England finished third... With uh, two draws and a loss, and Wales in fourth place, probably somewhat predictably. But well, they had a um, great opening game. Didn't they? they had a two-two draw with England in their in their opener. They did, which, which will benefit them going through into this into the final uh, round, the Pool C, because you play you carry, against you, you only yeah, play two games. You, you only play two, over, That's right. Yeah. So your points against the, the the side in the original pool that they matter. And in fact, that's actually taken place. Those Pool C games. So we'll get to that in a second. Um, Pool B, the Netherlands uh, finished top there. Three wins from their three games. Uh, 14 goals for and only three against. Germany only led in three. Scored more, 16. But uh, lost against the Netherlands. So they had a couple of spanking wins in there. Um, Ireland finished in third place. Uh, one win and one loss. Uh, sorry, two losses. And Scotland, one win and two losses. Goal difference separating them there. Um Ireland scored four, Scotland scored three, but uh, Ireland finished in third with a better goal difference of negative nine after only conceding 13 as opposed to Scotland's 18. So, so what that so meant... Just, they both both got draws, didn't they? It was just one draw on the board between Ireland and Scotland. Yeah. And they lost the other two. Yeah. yeah. So we go to what that means for Pool C. The bottom two from the first two pools drop out into Pool C, and that left uh, Scotland, England, Ireland and Wales fighting it out for relegation. Well, we now, still, still got one game to go there. Oh, last night. Yeah, that's it. No, that's it. So the um, No, it's not. Saturday the 24th, last game. England play Scotland and Ireland okay. play Wales. Ireland play Wales. As it stands, it's Scotland first, England second, Ireland third and Wales fourth. So you'd think it's going to be hard for either Ireland or Wales uh, unless Ireland, well, no, they, one they, of them has a spanking victory to get in front of the English and avoid relegation. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they play each other in that next game, don't they? So yeah. um, Ireland versus Wales, what does that do with the um, goal difference on that? Well, the goal differences at the moment is negative one for Ireland and negative two for Wales. Uh, conversely, England only has a, a positive one and Scotland's only on positive two. They're both on four points. Uh, Ireland-Wales are on one point. So if Ireland or Wales can have a spanking victory and one of the other goal teams yeah, has, they a, narrow, yeah, they has need a loss... To, yeah, if they need to win sort of three or four nil and, yeah. and one of the top two then lose, lose something two similar. Or something. Yeah. 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 So it's, uh, the battle is still on there for relegation. But on the top side of it, semi-final one and two, it was the Netherlands taking on Spain and what an upset it was with the Spanish winning four goals to three after getting... Did they get four ahead or no, just three, three, three nil up? But three we, nil we, up. we've known them through the pro league as, as being the comeback kings and leading yeah. it late, late, late to pull a draw out. Well, three nil up against the Dutch. Well, that certainly uh, rattled uh, Billy Backer's boys. It did indeed. And uh, look, they they came hard at the end of the game. They they scored three goals in very quick succession there, right at the tail end. But you know they, they ran out of time essentially. That's right. And who knows. Another 10 minutes on in the game, Matt. Could very well have seen them take victory there. What, you mean two thirty-five minute half? Something like that. Um, also, the other semi-final. So that means that Spain go through to the final and Netherlands will be playing the third versus fourth game. And semi-final one, it was Germany taking on the home team in Belgium. And uh, after getting two goals in front, the Germans looked like they were on fire and were going to really uh, shake up that home crowd. You might have seen them disappear before full-time, but to their credit, the Belgians struck back and kept working at it and um, 
sealed it with a, an easy, it was almost too easy oh, fourth dear. goal. Yeah, well, the, yeah, the keeper dragged and it just overhead thrown straight onto the end of the From a 16. It, it, yeah, from 16 it, to the top of the other D. Um, not a German in sight. Yeah, terrible goal. They'll rue that. But, you know, it doesn't matter at that stage. You, that's, you, you, quite often we see that, that final goal going in when, it doesn't really matter. You, you you were stretched and you were you were you were trying to uh, chase it at the day. Now, bearing in mind what this means for the the hockey world, Belgium and Spain will play in the final and the right for a a direct qualification Olympic um, post. Now, Belgium are already in a tournament to g- gain qualification. If they were to win, that means that they would disappear from the the. The, the crossover quali- qualifiers, the not crossover cross- qualifiers, not, not crossovers, but you well, know, what, yeah, the yeah. two-legged qualifiers, and uh, that place will become available to the next highest-ranked team according to the FIH regulations. Blah blah. If Spain were to win that final, Belgium would stay in that pro league tournament and potentially um, miss out on going to the Olympic Games, the world champion, not mm. at the Olympic Games. It's it's all on a little bit of knife edge now. I'm sure, and I bet the FIH will pray either the Netherlands or Belgium were going to win this tournament because that would have allowed them to take a team like Germany or even Spain, perhaps, as the next highest qualifier yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. the other tournament. Now they're going to have some really... They're, they're high, some of their highest-ranked teams potentially having to go to that crossover tournament, which will make it more difficult for some of the low-ranked teams. Yeah, if yeah. You, know what I mean well, it's going to be an, in, an interesting final if you look at the, the two games last night um, the, the Spanish went 3-0 up early in the game the Belgians went 2-0 down early in the game and it's going to be interesting to see if Spain can get out of the blocks quick again because they're going to need to but they're also going to have to defend for 60 minutes as well if they want to rep- um, repel the, the Belgian attack well we do have su- sp- something for the Spanish don't we so um I'm tipping the Spain. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I'm getting my money on the Belgians now. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, they the do Belgians. look for. They look very formidable at the moment. There's been some sublime hockey on show. That team goal from the the Dutch, Dutch I think yeah. it was against the Germans, when it went from right half at the top of the D, uh, transferred across and down the line. That little layer from Preusser. Nothing was flash. Um, nothing that. was specky. It was just tap tap tap. A little little push, little push, and Brinkman, yep. fantastic one-time finish. Right finish. Yeah. On to the women now, the uh, Euro Championship for women, happening once again in Antwerp. We haven't got quite got through at this stage to the end of the uh, the round qualifiers. Uh, Pool C will be kicking things off. Oh, no, we've got... They've got semis tonight. Yeah. yeah, we've got semis tonight, but Pool C has been decided, if not the game is played. Uh Let's have a look at Pool A first, though. Spain finished on top. Two wins and a draw from their three games. Uh, they only scored three goals for and had one scored against them, which is it seems like a very small amount, but they've got the seven points. Keeping it tight. And they're in position. Uh, they're on top of Pool A. The Netherlands had two draws and a win to finish in second. They had 16 goals for and two against. So uh, their one win, I think, was rather substantial. Let's have a look there. It was Where a thir- is it? 13-0. 14-0 over yeah. um, Russia. Belgium in third place. They'd be disappointed with that. And Russia uh, finishing bottom of the pool there. In pool B, it was England. Surprisingly, in some respects, considering that they, the pro league form of Great Britain wasn't fantastic. Um, I know they're not exactly the same teams, but there's a strong correlation there. Um, but they uh, they finished in top place with two wins and a draw, and their draw was against where are we? England. The draw was against uh, Germany, who finished in second place with one win and two draws. Uh, Ireland finishing in third and fourth place was Belarus. So the semi-finals have been decided. Uh, they will be England taking on the Netherlands. That game's going on at uh, 6 p.m. local time there in Antwerp. Is that tonight, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, so you'll probably miss that because this podcast won't be out yet. Uh, and uh, a bit later on at 8.30 p.m., it will be Spain versus Germany. I like the night games, Matt. I like the games at night. They're really easy to see and pick up, and they seem more exciting than day games. Well, and you actually seems like there's a there's a full house as well in the stadium there. Even when it's, when it's in, not. In, in the dark. Well, no, let's be fair, the, the late games do seem to be getting the crowds. But and Belgium's certainly getting the yeah, crowds. Yeah, but the semi the semi-final with the Spanish yesterday, the Spanish and the Dutch, there were some big, big 
pockets of empty seats around yeah, and about. A bit unfortunate, but that's what it is. Uh, semi-final two will be Spain taking on Germany. Really looking forward to that game because, of course, our mate Andrew Wilson will be there on the sideline with 80, the uh, coach of the century. Yeah, and the beard of the century. Beard of the century. Haircut of the century. Yeah, so good luck to... Um, the, the Spanish girls there that's where my money is I'm still looking forward to my John goal perhaps not this game but the next one that'll be a good time to score it uh, Paul C who's fighting it out for relegation it will be Ireland Belgium Russia and Belarus uh, Ireland already sitting at top courtesy of a an um, 11-0 victory in their game against uh, must have been Russia from her, their pool or someone like that anyway <laughs> <laughs> it's very exciting at the top end. The hockey's been fabulous. The coverage, uh, what I've seen of it, um, yeah, it's terrible you, in missing a lot of it, you, I must you, say. You, you can catch it. Yeah, it's just been the, the odd time. It's just through, wrong, yeah. The, uh, you can catch all that action over the weekend of the finals on EuroHockeyTV.org. Get the season pass, just €9.99. Hashtag live stream hockey. Looking forward to uh, the finals, though. Oh, no, I've got to get up. Maybe I can watch the hockey and then go straight to training. Straight to state state training. training. Yeah, straight to <laughs> training. I've already got a um, an acronym for it. Straight. What? What? Yeah. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, and it's time now for our featured interview this week. And we thought with uh, the Euros going on. The big boys leagues, we thought we'd take a look at some of the other things that are happening around at the same time. And in Brussels, uh, the Euro Para Hockey Test Series, Test Matches, and the Euro Hockey Para Championship have been going on. And we thought we'd find out a little bit more by speaking to the head coach of the England Flyers team, Steve Bradley. Steve, welcome to the Reverse Stick. Thank you very much. Nice to be with you all. Now, first up, um, for people who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about the Flyers and exactly what that is? Yep, certainly. So, <clears throat> excuse me, Flyers hockey is an, an English term, but it is um, linked in with disability hockey. So people that come to Flyers sessions um, may have a learning disability, may have a physical disability, may um, have mobility problems, may be um, wheelchair users. Um, so that's the, the, the sort of all-encompassing flyers sessions in, in England or across the UK. Different hockey clubs will use them in different ways, so they may go into specific special needs schools or work with specific target groups, so there could be a whole range of disabilities represented by people that take part in flyers hockey, from having visual impairment, uh, hearing impairment, uh, physical disability, or as our group are, or as the, the para hockey championships are, people predominantly with a learning disability or an intellectual disability. And these are mixed teams as well. You're not separated into men's and women's leagues as such. Uh, excuse me. No, absolutely, it's mixed hockey. Um, so you could. There's no set balance as yet, although that is going to happen in the next tournament that the tournament organisers, the Euro European Hockey Federation want to start addressing the gender balance so some teams are more I suppose slanted with with men with male players than females but that is going to start to be addressed over the next uh, by the next tournament but it's absolutely um, yeah absolutely mixed some goalies are last uh, females um, yeah no there's no uh, <laughs> yeah it's absolutely mixed <laughs> and open now speaking of euro hockey you've recently been in Brussels for I think it's two different competitions, um, the, the Euro Para Hockey Test Matches, a trophy yeah. challenge, and also the Euro Para Hockey Championship. Now, uh, yeah. you were there in your role as the England coach. Before we get to some of the results, what exactly is the difference between the Para Hockey Championship and the trophy and challenge? Um, it's just the levels. The um, levels, so we're in Antwerp for the, for the championships. There's three levels, or three divisions taking place, so the challenge section, which is almost the beginners, um, the I think the trophy section, and then the, the sort of elite section a bit higher up, and it, it's just a matter of how experienced those players are, really, I suppose, like 
any league of hockey. You know, you have your Premier League, and then the leagues filter down from them. Yeah, and that's that's the difference, really, the players' ability. You guys were competing at the uh, the Trophy and Challenge. Um, yes. First of all, how experienced a team did you take into the tournament? Are you, are you talking about people that haven't been around hockey much? Yeah. Um, so there were two teams from England, uh, the, the England, oh, England Flyers, and then there were a UK Lions team, and they were made up of people from different Flyers clubs. They filled a gap because one country um, dropped out, so there were several coaches that thought we could get another squad together and give those guys experience of playing tournament hockey. Um, so the blimey, their ages are different, their experiences are different. The guys in the England team, I think four of them had been to Amsterdam and won gold, they won the section, won the challenger section there. But that was also out of a squad of 12 people that we had in Amsterdam. We only had four people going on to the next being part of that England team so we had um, a very mixed squad in terms of their um, their, um, their experiences of I suppose tournament or competition hockey and with that comes the you know the, the actual gameplay of how mistakes are punished when you make a mistake <laughs> and if you play at that level then it's almost certainly a goal and then yeah. the other thing that comes into it is the, the intensity of the the games and actually the, the intensity of three days hockey back to back which a lot of these guys will train once a week so that is a, and not have the ex, the experience or the opportunity to play games very often um, so it is a, a huge huge learning curve for all the players and actually the, the coaching staff and the parents that are watching as well for them to get their head around <laughs> the how official it is how well run it is and how you know once the game says they're going to start at 12.30 they start at 12, there's no hanging around, they're off. <laughs> How hard is it to organise? I imagine that there's a, a far more of an extended family that travels with the team. Yeah, and that's, I suppose, part of the joy of this is that we get to see um, families celebrating their children's success, their relatives' success. Um, we, we sort of organise transport and travel for a whole lot. The English team had about I suppose between the actually England and UK lines we had 22 players going um, and then there were probably another 50 or 60 parents and supporters that went with them we had by far the biggest um, supporter section anywhere and, and maybe sadly actually when the England ladies were playing on Wednesday morning we had um, a bigger support section than was at that game which I suppose tells you about the commitment of these players um, and, and where they're at, but also the, the lack of opportunities that are there for people with the learning disability to play hockey and how it's just seized on, really. How many of your players would have actually travelled that much? Um, so, that's a really interesting question. Before we went to Amsterdam two years ago, several had not travelled independently before. Yeah. And they'd not been out of the country before, so for some getting a passport was their yeah. first that was the first time. For some parents going to support it was the first time they'd been abroad as well. Yeah. So we really felt like it was something quite quite sort of special and uh and magical that was happening really with that we'd helped create and which we were immensely proud of. Um and of course you get travel, then we have travel to training and a lot of people get taxis there, all the parents give them a lift and that's now changed and we have a, a group of players that come to the Midland Mencap sessions that I'm involved in and they get the train on, they get the train by their own, they commute on their own as a group so for them their independence and their life skills have been enhanced by sport and an amazing thing that that wouldn't have happened without hockey and you may exchange hockey for football or any other sport, but it was hockey that was the catalyst in getting them to go and get a bus pass or a train pass and hop on the train with their mates and just have a bit of freedom and give the parents that, I suppose, comfort and and a bit of a lift that knowing their children are motivated to go and travel together and they travel safely together. How is it for, for them as well, meeting people that speak another language, for instance, little things that we might take for granted? Uh, yeah, we, we spoke about that on the way back, and lots of the players spoke English. Um, <laughs> but, but for them meeting, meeting people, yeah, which is quite, I suppose, mind-blowing for a few of us. 
Um, but the players absolutely love trying to pick up someone else's language, meeting new people. It was just a real mutual respect amongst all the players, the coaches and the volunteers, and the, the sort of smiles, the hockey sticks, all of those things that go with it. There's just an absolute mutual respect, which is, I think, why the supporters love it so much, why we engage with it so much, because it's just such a worthwhile experience. Some of the people that we work with may not uh, may not meet that many people in their day-to-day lives or week-to-week, and all of a sudden they've met 200 people across a week. They've had, you know, gold medal-winning Olympians coming and speaking to them, hugging them and getting autographs from them. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's just phenomenal. He's this, this sort of hockey family that we speak about. has not just been extended across Birmingham or one other part of the UK. It's been extended, Europe, you know, Europe-wide. These guys have met people yeah, have made friends and, and had a, a, a drink with people that they would never get the chance yeah. to do that, the same as I would if I played hockey or... Uh, you may or anyone else may do if they go on tour or go to a tournament. Now let's talk about the hockey. Do you come from a hockey background yourself or is this something you've, you've picked up through your involvement? No, I've, I've, I've played hockey a little bit myself, not to um, not to a kind of world-class standard. <laughs> um, I've life. coached as well a little bit and maybe that's where my interest comes into it, that we just saw an opportunity to do a different sport that no one had really had a go at before. So. We're almost on, all the players, we're almost on an equal footing with it. If you start football, then a lot will have played football before and have had other experiences. Yeah. But I think hockey's quite a quite a strange one for some parents because it, it automatically looks like it's dangerous. You're wielding sticks around and asking players to wear gum shields and um, <laughs> shin pads and, and all this. And, you know, there is the risk of injury, but only the, the same risk as any other sport. Um, but I, I was really passionate about passionate about hockey but really passionate about those opportunities that we can offer up to to people as well let's talk about the hockey how did you go um i think in sporting terms a mixed bag it's um it's fair (laughs) to say we we actually the england flies team finished second in their pool um or finished finished with a silver medal we finished behind the uk lions side so we had friends and teammates and parents supporting different sides in the final which was quite a strange situation in many <laughs> ways um, but I, I suppose you take away whether it was first or second place what has happened is that we've had probably 10 or 12 new completely new people have started to play hockey and we we can see not just a future but these are the current but these are the, the, the now these are people that are that were absolutely amazing if we were to choose the I suppose one team between that lot, I think we have a potential of a very good squad that could potentially step up to the next level as well. Do you, uh, will the, the UK team go up to that next level having won that particular section or? I, I think that um, these are things that England Hockey and other organisations are working towards. But yeah. I think there needs to be one team that goes through. Um, and it is a you know, full on England team, full on Flyers England team, England Flyers, whatever you. Uh, whatever it may be called, but there is such a good talent pool out there for people with um, a learning disability that are playing hockey, and that's been proved. The skill level was, you know, it, it was equivalent to lots of junior levels. That, that the stick skills were unbelievable. The movement into space was brilliant. The decision-making processes were good. Um, calm and depression, all those things that we talk about, it was all there, and it was that tournament that I suppose brought it out and it will come out further with other gameplay and that's what we struggle to get. Are the, are the rules pretty much the same as what we play in so what, games? What I suppose what people um, would recognise from a you know a mainstream hockey game, 11, 11 aside, we go 7 aside and we go across the pitch. So um, the halfway line is the baseline and the okay. baseline is the other you know, um, sideline. So we play end to end or sort of side to side rather than end to end, but seven aside. Um, there's a bit more leniency with, I suppose, some of the rules depending what level you're playing at. But essentially, it's the same game. You would absolutely recognise it if you came to watch it. And the only difference, the, the main difference, is that the short corners aren't awarded or penalty corners. Mm. And for that, we have a penalty shuffle, and players get 
um, 12 seconds to get the ball into the D and have a shot and for the goal is to clear it out the D yeah oh and the sticks are slightly different too aren't they no the sticks are absolutely are the same yeah oh, wow. um, sticks are yeah full on um, whatever you know whatever they want to use <laughs> they go and use them um, <laughs> for this tournament they were checked to make sure they were you know the regulation hockey sticks the same as the the men's or the women's sticks would have been checked in the um, for the mainstream European Hockey Championships, these guys had the sticks weighed, had the the bows tested on them, and all that kind of stuff, and they were um, given the seal of approval or otherwise. So, who are the stars, not only of your team but of the para hockey world itself? I, I noticed I was looking through the, some of the results from the um, the championship, and yeah. uh, the, the top goal scorer there was an Italian fellow by the name of Renzo Ferrazzi and if that's not yeah. a if that's not a sports star's name, there isn't one. Renzo <laughs> Ferrazzi. Who, who? What about from your team? Who are the players that stand out? Um, from our team, we have uh, the captain Reese, who is um, a winger. Who plays towards the side. We don't really have wingers. We're seven aside. They just have to work a whole lot harder. Um, <laughs> So Reese is a very quick, um, very skilled. He's a left-hander, which has been quite a <laughs> quite a kind of mission to coach that. But he's kind of mastering reverse stick crosses and all that kind of stuff, which is amazing to see that they're grasping these skills. Um, there were lads from Wakefield Hockey Club, um, Tom and Rob. Um, Tom Robbers had got a new goalie as well, and I say these are. the the, the kind of rising stars for me from Wakefield Hockey Club there was a lad from Tunbridge Wells Hockey Club Ollie again stick skills were and technical ability were absolutely phenomenal and it was we were involved in this tournament in 2015 because there were no other adults teams from England that could fill a place at the European Championships and when it was held in England and we I saw, saw an opportunity said so we'd, you know, we'd go for it from that from that point then the the rise in standards has been absolutely phenomenal and when we looked you know I looked have been involved in three tournaments and when I look at the skill level of the lads that were on show at this tournament going back four years or three tournaments it is just the the, the change and it has been phenomenal it's absolutely phenomenal so there are stars at every club that plays with stick skills that can do amazing things talk about all over then the Italian team and the Portuguese teams they're aerialing the ball from left sort of left side defence to right side attack and that is something we've not mastered yet but the, you know that's that's the level that we should be aiming for and we should be looking at how they're coaching how they're working with their players but a lot of these clubs and the Dutch and the Belgians and the Spanish have been playing for 10, 15, 20 years we've been going for 4 or 5 years Oh, look, that's phenomenal. Where, where are you picking up your players from? Are these uh, perhaps people that um, have wanted to do something and, you, you know, there's this opportunity and they're just grabbing the opportunity or are they people from perhaps hockey families that haven't been able to compete? Yeah, a real mixture. Um, I think it's this, this sort of really strange thing that you have one player goes and he might go to a... You know, a specific school that supports him with uh, or her with their um, sort of learning disability or whatever their um, diagnosis is and then they may have a friend and the parents may talk so a lot of it is absolutely word of mouth we have some a lad playing for us whose mom is a very keen hockey player I think she played for uh, England Masters over the summer at a certain age group I won't say which one, they might get it wrong and offend everyone, but <laughs> she is just, you know, phenomenal at driving what we're doing and taking it into her club. The the son is just the most determined young lad and the skill level on him, again, is brilliant. So players come from all all kinds of backgrounds, from all, all areas. It might be that they hear about what we do through a day centre that supports them in their life or a certain support worker. We... We'd love to get new players into it, desperately, um, and that is what we're trying to do all the time. Oh, that's fantastic. So where to is it next for the Flyers? What's your, your next major tournament? Um, and you know, how, how do you find competition in the meantime? Is there a local competition going on? And that is, that is the massive challenge for us. So the next 
I suppose the biggest competition on the horizon is now two years away with the European Championships in Amsterdam, uh, which are aligned to the, you know, obviously the Para Hockey Championships are aligned to the European Hockey Championships. Um, for those that are higher level, so the Italians, the Portuguese, and maybe the Germans and Dutch, there are um, international tournaments that they're trying to um, sort of level to. Um, I think they're international sort of disability sports competition or winter games where hockey is one of the featured sports and they want to try and get that global audience going but on a local level uh, where I'm in Birmingham we're the only club so when we need a game we have to travel that invariably means going down to London um, or to Wakefield who are so I suppose two hours away from us up north and that is where we'll be Heading and I suppose the friendships of these clubs are another thing as well that we go there we spend Saturday and Sunday so we stay over and then we have games and competitions on both days but we are looking at involving other you know the Irish team that were there and maybe a, a sort of not necessarily a Tri-Nations tournament but just going over and again that competition benefits all of these players um, and that's what we need to do we need to make that happen between us whether that's at a central venue or some of us getting the plane over or the ferry over and that's that's what we need to do to get these players more experienced more tournament experience as well now you've obviously got uh, a great deal of support from england hockey as well i i think i read recently that the players now receive a uh, an official england cap for representing is that right yep that's something that the european federation of or european hockey federation and the international hockey federation have been working really, um, I suppose, on tirelessly on really. Even during the tournament, they were uh, making that happen. So before it, the tournaments have been a bit more, I suppose, informal. This time we were, we had to submit team sheets before the game um, with all the starting players on, squad lists, all that kind of things. Passports have been checked for all the players to make sure you know everyone is who they say they are, um, and with that comes comes up the the players will be will be on a I suppose an online portal where it's showing that they have got an England cap or an England goal which I think is fantastic recognition for them and and also trying to bring the sport in line with others where people have gone through that process as well well it also strikes me as something that you can do that costs very little money yet has a great deal of positive impact as well I mean it's the, something the band, yeah you know, it's, it seems like a bit of a no-brainer once it's happened, doesn't it? I think so. I think it's just getting that process up and started and getting everyone, um, you know, sort of trying to trying to believe it, really. Um, some countries and some organisations are really are really pushing it and, and others maybe, you know, sort of um, a bit more um, thinking about it a little bit more and trying to get involved. But for us, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see the boost that that, that gave for us we've had a player who plays with us he was actually the first England captain and that's something to be just amazingly proud of we had someone who scored the first goal they scored the first Flyers England or England Flyers hockey goal and that again is something that we'll never be able to take away from them we'll never be able to change that is just um, phenomenal for them and their families and it means I think as much to the families some of them have been excluded from school sport and not had the same opportunities to take part in team sport and to train as well and they've done that they've done that and they, they are so committed to it so it's I think for me it's right and proper that's what's done so where well do you see para ID hockey at the moment sort of in a global sense Steve um, you know is is Europe basically the stronghold of it and every everybody else is going to have to catch up yeah, it seems to be, and we know there's work going on um, across Asia and across other continents as well, and people are making strides, but um, yeah, we only started four or five years ago, and it is really tough, but there is a real will to do it. People um, such as Norman Hughes, who did work for the European Hockey Federation, now works for the International Federation of Hockey, is driving this massively, and with his, I suppose, that team of staff and volunteers and coaches and they're going across countries there's more countries in Europe to engage maybe some of the the sort of Eastern European states as well um, or Eastern European countries that they want to get involved in it I, I think sometimes it's just a case of getting going and, and doing it 
and then worrying about the, the maybe logistics later you have coaching sessions just <laughs> just get on and do it basically <laughs> and and I imagine you'd have to have a fairly generous employer as well backing you to allow you to, to do this sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah my employer has been um, amazing I think it helps that um, Midland Mencap who I'm employed by have um, seven players in that squad as well <laughs> and I train them so <laughs> you know the, I suppose there is a vested interest there but you know what they absolutely buy into it and there's no they see what it does for these families and what it does for these um, players we work with a lot of these players on a day to day basis on other other projects we help one or two or one of the one or two of the projects does with employment and trying to get people jobs emotional support carer support for the families but to see the families away with these guys is just you know some of the stories we've had this week of players getting just all of a sudden like a light's been switched on for their independence and the mums and dads are with them and they're trying to make sure they've had a drink and stuff you know as, as parents would looking after the kids um, and the pet, then the children just tell them to go away I'm with my mates and the <laughs> one family said we've been waiting years for this to happen and they're just, oh. they're just joyous so you know, it is, it's a huge thing for people's independence and their, their life skills so travelling to training making friends you know those social skills as well it's huge but yeah my employer has been incredibly generous I think in many ways so I'm off a day's leave as well today and a few days next week to get, uh, get my head back together with it as well oh look I, I can imagine the confidence that an experience like this would give them is invaluable in carrying through to their day to day life it would, it's fascinating yeah. so Stephen how can people get involved if they know someone or that you know how, how do you how can people get in touch with you and, and the Flyers okay well um if people do want to get involved, there's, uh, I suppose, a range of support they can um, tap into or hockey clubs can tap into, and that is through Access Sport or Flyers Hockey, and there's a type, type in Access Sport, Flyers Hockey, into a website, and there's a whole kind of raft of stuff comes over and contact details. And if you want to start a, a Flyers section at your club, then you can go on there and you can get some, uh, I suppose, disability inclusion training, um, a handbook to get you started, just sort of equipment, um, just, you know, help and support from people who've started other clubs off as well. We have um, amazing support from Kate and Helen Richardson Walsh, who are obviously Olympic gold medalists and uh, have been behind this journey that we've been on over the last few weeks. And beyond that, amazingly, the, the support we've had on social media over this mm, yeah. tournament and Antwerp has been absolutely mind-blowing. It really has social media just kind of gone through the roof. So we really hope there are other clubs out there that can get involved. And people that know players that would benefit from this, both in terms of picking up a hockey stick and that social side that we mentioned a lot earlier on as well. It's fantastic work as well, Steve. Look, thank you very much for your time today. Um, look forward to hearing from you and the Flyers again in the future and hopefully perhaps in a World Cup. That would be great. It would be. I'm not sure where it's fun that, but um, I'd certainly be involved in travel. I'd love to be involved in travelling to that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, you know the, the experiences are amazing for the player and, and us. We get such a lot out of it as coaches and and staff and seeing these players. Just the joy on the players' faces is, is it just does. But you know it's tiring, but it makes it so worthwhile. It really does. So yeah, that's the future. I'm not sure how long that may be away or how far, but I whether it's just involved in it, but I certainly hope that England hockey will be involved in it with a, a squad or a group of players in the not-too-distant future. Oh, look, Steve, you're doing a great job and, and the effects go far beyond the hockey field as well. Thanks for your time today and we'll, uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, and that was Steve Bradley. He's the, the coach for the England Para Hockey Team, the England Flyers, and uh, they were competing at the Euro Para Hockey Test matches and the um, Euro Hockey Championship, of course. 
going on recently there in Belgium and uh, a great program they're running there, not just in England but across many countries. Uh, great to see Italy is the uh, the leading para hockey nation and ID, ID hockey as well, we shouldn't forget. Um, and if you know someone that could benefit from being involved in a program like that, um, get hold of Access Sport, get hold of Flyers, just Google it. That's my remedy for everything. Google it and you'll find it. Apologies as well for some of the audio there. Having a bit of a mare here at the uh, Reverse Stick Central with a few uh, technical issues, but um, we'll get our fingers on the polls fairly soon, see how it goes. Um, yeah, but thanks a lot to uh, Steve and good luck to uh, all of the para-ID athletes out there in the world of hockey. Get along and support them if you can. You're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Matt Allen, what else has been gnawing at your hockey mind? Episode 108 of The Reverse Stick brought to you by Backers, Rugs and Plugs for all occasions. <laughs> um, what else has been on my hockey mind, John? Uh, oh, scored TRS uh, Fancy League. Um, quick update on there. Baggies Bows, Rob Barron, top of the wazzer at the moment. Uh, oh, really? On the women's competition on 171 points. Fellow TRS World Eleven team member Tansy Lee with Tanzanians HC in second spot and well done. Stephen Go Stephen Finlayer in third spot with the hook and Rotten Row Hockey Club Mon the Socks in fourth position and of course a huge congratulations to Rotten Row who will be celebrating their tenth uh, birthday anniversary Great this stuff. weekend with a Kaylee and uh, looks like they're going to have a lot of fun up there so well done Rotten Row Hockey Club you know we quite often talk about the Clubs that have got 100 years of history and 120 years of history. But you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? And yeah. It, and, it, and it's it's a, a bold move to to get off get off your backsides and, and consider that there's a need for another club and, and to make it all happen. Especially so, in an era where, let's face it, we're seeing hockey clubs disappear. Yeah, and amalgamate. And, yeah, and you know, you know so. to see a new one spring aboard alive is, is fantastic. Good luck, boys and girls. Enjoy the work. Ladies, enjoy the weekend oh. festivities. Now, in the men's uh, TRS Mini League, top of the ladder here, Matty Groschal, who, of course, won the uh, the EHL competition earlier in the year. Coach Matty, well done. He's sitting lofty uh, high spot on 251 points. I wouldn't mind betting that that's pretty high up in the, the overall competition as well. Second spot to Rob Abbott, he who shall be not, you know, him. Yeah. Um, and Kennedy Munialo in third spot with Panthers. Andrew Wilson in fourth spot. You'd think he'd know a little bit about the women's game more than the men's game, but it's, he's performing on the on the men's ladder here. Yeah, but I don't think he fully grasps the idea of fantasy teams being you can take people from other sides. I think you'll find his whole team is just <laughs> Spanish girls, isn't it? Look, thanks so much for anybody that's getting involved. And of course, head to score dot com. Uh, John's on scored apparently, but he's not I got am. a team in the fantasy competition. That's not, because I'm terrible at them. I'm not ten. I'm not top ten in either competitions, John. It's quite no, a little bit embarrassing. But to be fair, I've only done one transfer as well. I've just uh, I thought we'll just stick with it because everyone's got to play the same amount of games anyway, haven't they? I think so. I'm a bit sus on transfer rules. I think you, sh- you should pick a squad at the beginning like the team has to do. And that's it. You're stuck with it. You get an injury. Tough. Tough, yeah. yeah. Whilst we're talking about promoting other people's things, John, of course there is the, the scored, gribbed, hockey dreams foundation grip, which is available for sale. You can head to score.com or gribbed.com or f- go direct, uh, link to those sites from the hockey dreams foundation site. Uh, I ordered two for us this week. Did you? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, they're on the way. But I've actually got them sent to England because it was free postage to England. It was 20 bucks to post to me. <laughs> so, uh. So you laid it on yeah, your dad. Shout out to Morris. Uh, Thanks, you Morris. Pop, pop those in the post for me, please, champ. Oh. <laughs> okay, who else are we going to promote? Ernst, listen to his podcast. Yeah, listen to his good. podcast. Um, hashtag cakes for comms. Uh, more on that later if you're watching Is the it? hockey. Well, we'll, we'll wait Let's and see. Let's hope so. We'll wait and see. Moves have been made. Yeah. Little the bit wheels are in. Motion, turning yeah. around. Yeah. We'll say no more on that. Just keep your ears pinned to the yourahockeytv.org coverage. I had Mrs. Lee in the kitchen earlier this week, so we've, we've whisked them by our African um, I hope, Hopefully, but they should, they should be landing um, in Amsterdam, actually. Oh, shit, I've got the wrong airport. But, yeah, they land in Amsterdam. Anyway, keep an ear out for that. Um, Antwerp, isn't it? Yeah, I know. That's my point. <laughs> I posted them to the wrong bloody city. Well, by the time he gets out of quarantine and customs, 
It's only a trip, quick trip down the road, anyway, isn't yeah, it? It's, it's about not far, twenty minutes as the as if Sparrow follows. That's right. Anyway, uh, that's about it Swallows. for me, mate. Yeah, my my, my head is um, very firmly planted on my my own club stuff at the moment, so I've got nothing else to offer today. We got you a got anything? I, we got forfeited on last game of the season, sitting top of the table. Over 50s, mate. There's, everyone's bloody knackered, and if they're not going to make finals anyway, are they, are they out of finals, guess, the team you were playing? Who it was. No, we don't have to say that. Hey. Uh, we don't have yeah, to say that. On. No, we don't have to say, no, don't. Don't, <laughs> because don't, just don't. There's somebody okay. there doing us some big favours at the moment. No, no, they're a good club, and I'm just teasing. Because they're our arch enemies and very close by, that's why we take the mickey out of each other. But, um, very disappointed. I was looking forward, to, I need a run. Well, you, you might, if somebody drops out from my, my side, you might get a, another run on, oh, run I, on I must have, yeah. Ah, but you can, you can, have, we've, we've got a junior carnival. We'll have about 300 bloody kids down there on, um, Sunday morning, but we're also going to put walking hockey on as well as a bit of a showcase to the mums and the dads yeah. and the nans and the granddads. So come down and, no, actually, you're probably not a great, a great advert for walking hockey. I'll take that back. Uh, because I walk. I tell you what, there's a few it wasn't people. It wasn't even a walk, mate. Is that how you walk normally? That's an amble. I just wander along. An amble. That's what it's not ambling hockey, my friend. It should be. So yeah, you've got some pretty competitive uh, walkers there. Alan Gormley, are you listening? Uh, <laughs> now you've done walking hockey, let's move on. Ambling hockey is <laughs> ambling the next thing. Hockey. I think it's got some merit. Well, you don't want me to try too hard, do you? Let us know, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you'd be keen on ambling hockey. Hashtag Ambling Hockey, let us know and uh, I, don't know, I don't know what we'll do with it. Um, if you are on the socials, of course, check us out. Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, uh, all at The Reverse Stick. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, mattattheversestick.net, john at net. If you have an opinion, of course, thank you to all of our wonderful Patreon subscribers that help us keep on keeping on with delivering the weekly hockey, what is it? global podcast. hockey podcast thing uh, and uh, you can too be a Patreon and support our hockey podcast endeavours by heading to patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick well done thanks mate we'll we'll see, you ne- see you next week episode this week because it has been all over the shop as far as weeks go That's but right. um, hope you enjoyed it yeah well I hope you enjoyed it as well mate did you enjoy it I had fun yes oh, good well we had fun hope you do too we'll see you next week for 109 are you going to score a goal this week yeah Oh, well, you take the win. I just take the win. Be my last chance. Only, only, only need a draw to finish top. I'll play with you on Sunday if you put me at the forward line. Yeah, no worries, mate. Right half. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and nobble all of the forwards in your team so you got no forwards. What? And then you make it into our final squad? No, then I get to score a goal. Well, you know what happens, mate. Which will probably ahead of you. You you witnessed this at the weekend. Somebody going, "Oh, can I play at fullback? Because I don't want to play it in the forward." <laughs> and then go around every single player in the side saying, "Where are you playing? Do you want to swap?" I go, "You don't. You don't choose to swap." I say, "Who plays where?" That's what happens when you're the, when you're the coach. You don't get to make up whatever decisions you want to make up. You're <laughs> flipping well playing. I didn't say flipping either. Playing where I tell you. Oh, they take. Oh, can you swap with me? I want to go here. Oh, fuck. Flip, flip, flip.